Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, guys, we got a special treat for you today. It's a little bit out of the ordinary as far as our episodes go. Yeah, so uh, a couple episodes ago, you guys might have heard, uh, we, we were talking about this slightly, uh, a gentleman by the name of Brad Chumbly had, mm-hmm. had emailed you um, saying that you were more popular or you were, uh, you were more famous, if you will. He accurately described me as right. more famous. Anyways, yes. anyways. Um, it was hurtful, Bradley. Um, <laughs> but uh, he had some inquiries or some questions uh, for emissions-equipped trucks and tuning and parts and aftermarket and reliability for uh, a speech he was doing. Yeah, for class. So he he's in college, so more power to more education. Yep. Uh, he's out in California. He works at CAT yeah, out yeah. in California. And he, he came across this persuasive speech he had to give for speech class, and he decided to write it on why you should consider emissions equipped power, yeah. uh, essentially. I, I think he might have titled it a little bit differently. Well, we had so much fun helping Brad out that I asked him if he could record the speech and send it in. Well, hold on. First off, we all get an email. So uh, (laughs) you, myself, and Nick Pregnance over at Duramax Junior Calibrated Power all pitched in, gave him some information. You know, we we have the trucks. We have accessibility to the stuff. It's what we do on a daily basis. Blogs and videos and podcast episodes galore. Drive these things on a daily basis, nonetheless. And uh, he got an A. Nailed it. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know what? That's the first day I've ever gotten on a speech. So I just want to, I just want to put that out Chris, there. Chris, you did not get an A. I helped. He got an A. I helped. I, I'm still part of this. I am still part of this. And uh, you know what, dude? I'm taking it. That was a win. I dig it. So. I dig it. So, so we we asked Bradley to record his speech. We're gonna play it for you guys, and then we're gonna talk a little bit more about it. Hell yeah. Uh, clean sweep, myth or modern reality? I'm going to address the question today, can a diesel engine equipped vehicle make reliable and significant power with the emissions equipment installed and not tampered with? That second portion, not tampered with, is in correlation to the hardware and hard parts of um, an after treatment system. So what is the emissions equipment on a diesel, on a modern diesel vehicle? Uh, there are many components of a modern on a modern diesel engine, uh, such as a uh, diesel particulate filter, a DPF, a DOC, an SCR, uh, which is similar to a um, catalytic converter on a gas engine, and an EGR. Um, there's also urea injection for newer vehicles. Uh, so there's many components to it. You know, what all these components do is they prevent a modern diesel engine um, from producing the harmful chemicals that diesels are known for emitting, such as nitrogen oxides and um, particulate matter and black smoke. Now, I'm going to talk about something. There's there's something else I want to talk about before we dive into this, um, and that's a term that many believe to be mandatory, and to others, it's kind of taboo in the aftermarket industry, and that is uh, the term deleting. Now, uh, what basically what is deleting a truck? So deleting a truck basically means to cut off, remove, block off. Uh, modify in a way to remove the after treatment. So cutting off a DPF, a DOC, an SCR, blocking off the EGR, removing the EGR and putting block off plates, um, removing a urea injection tank and removing a hydrocarbon injector and we're tuning them to where they do not um, inject urea or hydrocarbons. So that's 
That's basically what deleting your truck is. It's removing or disabling the emissions equipment. And this is thought to be mandatory by many um, to build aftermarket power, especially reliable power. And a lot of people believe this to be because um, all this extra stuff, they think it's uh, it's it's not it's not needed. Uh, it's excessive. All this DPF, D DOC, SCR, this whole jumble of half the alphabet is now on my truck. But um, like anything, when it first comes out, this is a whole new system of vehicle that came out. And when something first comes out, usually it's not going to be great, especially a system. So when they first came out, they put a bad taste in a lot of uh, customers' mouths. Um, and for good reason, a lot of them weren't uh, designed very well. And not just not just for pickups, that, that goes for off-highway and um, uh, commercial use too. But hopefully I'm going to be able to use some good supporting evidence and some basic knowledge to convince you that nowadays we um, have designed some better after-treatment and you don't need a deleted truck. So right about now you're probably wondering, well, why shouldn't I do it? That does sound like a whole lot of extra stuff on my truck that I don't want to deal with. Well, in my state, California, the act of deleting a vehicle isn't foolish, but it's also highly illegal. Under the Clean Air Act, Section 203, U.S. Code 7522, a fine of up to $2,500 may be fined for the individual. For removing a DPF filter on a vehicle that... Uh, originally came with a DPF filter. Now that fine may be even more for uh, someone like a shop or a a uh, like a dealership if they were to do it. it. It would it would definitely be more if that fine was imposed more than $2,500 but for the individual um, it would be $2,500 when imposed. Um, laws are going to vary from state to state but it is illegal in every state to excuse me to delete a uh, to delete a vehicle so it's not just illegal but it's very foolish to delete a vehicle because it avoids your warranty from the factory so as I said before all modern diesel engines so new trucks um, and usually these trucks that we're going to be doing this with are um, post 2010 so they're fairly new trucks and you're probably going to solve a warranty on them if they have low miles well if you go hacking off half of your exhaust and replacing it um, you're gonna avoid your warranty now there have been um, there have been ways that I've heard of some people getting around this but for the most part due to the fact that you have to change the state of the ECM to tune a vehicle you're you're gonna avoid your warranty from the factory so if anything happens to your vehicle um, separately from the exhaust then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay for that um, out of pocket, which can be pricey. So now that we know kind of some basic um, reasons why we shouldn't be deleting a truck, um, there's still some out there that believe that you have to delete a truck to you have to delete a truck to build power. That it's simple as that, but that's not true. The term clean sweep refers to a truck that has been built to produce more power than stock and do so with all the emissions equipment intact. And I got in contact with three gentlemen from Calibrated Power, um, Paul Wilson, Chris Emke, and Nick Pregnitz, the founder of Calibrated Power, and they were extremely helpful in uh, 
and providing me with some really some really good evidence um, for this. So the first the first truck we're gonna talk about is a 2015 Dodge 2500 with a Cummins engine in it. Uh, this truck was acquired in January of 2015 and it made about 345 rear, rear wheel horsepower at about 30 miles on the odometer. The truck currently makes 650 rear wheel horse um, and the truck has 57,000 miles on the odometer and that's that's since 25,000 it's been modified to make that power output. That's about 50% more power. Um, so it's significant power. Um, so this vehicle is equipped with all the typical modifications you would see um, a truck like this if it was deleted. Um, it has those typical modifications, such as um, this vehicle is equipped with a second turbocharger, um, a larger injection pump, and an aftermarket lift pump, and a set of very well-built tunes um, that were designed by Mr. Pregnant. But this vehicle has all the emissions equipment intact. Uh, now, I wanted to do I wanted to use multiple trucks. I wanted to use a second truck for my supporting evidence because many people are picky about the vehicle they drive and i mean and for good reason so and especially with diesel engines so the second vehicle we're going to talk about is a 2012 chevrolet 2500 uh, with a duramax engine in it uh, this truck was built uh, was built by the gentleman down down in calibrated power down at calibrated power in 2016 and like the dodge discussed earlier when it started it was completely stock all the emissions equipment intact and not tampered with. Um, this truck is equipped with a stock replacement style aftermarket turbocharger, a second CP3 injection pump on top of the figuratively stock CP4 injection pump, and another set of well-designed tunes. And the truck currently makes about 620 rear wheel horsepower. Um, when I started this I said that uh, reliable and significant power. Now, the reliable term can be debated, but this truck that we're currently talking about, this Duramax, it's participated in many pulling competitions. So for those that don't know, this is a sport that uses high-powered uh, diesel pickups or, or gasoline pickups, but it uses high-powered trucks to pull a heavy-weighted sled a given distance as fast as possible. This truck's won multiple events, beating deleted trucks on multiple occasions. And these deleted trucks believed to be capable of making more power than an after and uh, more power than an emissions equipped truck. Now I also got together with uh, I talked to Mr. Pregnance, and he also talked about um, at Calibrated Power they are capable of operating um, off highway equipment, so. Um, some, as some of you know, I work for Caterpillar, and um, for example, we're going to use a C7. So uh, you can have a C7 with a with a tune um, that's out of a out of like a F650 or an F750. Uh, well, that engine's rated for that power output, and it, they're going to have emissions equipment on it. Well, um, one thing that you can also do. Um, if your if your truck is past the manufacturer's warranty, um, you can uprate an engine. Now, obviously, I'm talking about a C7 out of a 750, but um, 
This also goes for C7s that are using equipment, um, like like he like heavy equipment, like tractors. So they can uprate equipment. So uh, for us that work at Caterpillar, we also we we know of, of about where a machine may be rated for uh, different uses. So uh, an engine that comes out of a fire truck is obviously going to be um, producing more power per stock than the than the uh, truck coming out of a service truck, like the ones we use. So it is possible to build more power. Um, you just have to access it, and you have to know how to access it. And this is one example that we see of Mr. Pregnance knowing how to access reliable and significant power. He can take an engine that may have been rated for uh, a lower power output um, that was used in um, uh, F750 or an F650, like a C7, and can upgrade it to like a fire tune. Um, that's slang for what, like well, how we would turn it, and that can uh, change a power output uh, uh, tremendously just by by retuning it alone. That's not even changing any of the hard parts they would usually change. So there's definitely power that can be accessed out of still emissions equipped vehicles, and that's a package. The fire the, a fire engine package was a was an engine that was designed to run in a fire truck, so it would have been extremely reliable. So we've talked about some supporting evidence, and now we're going to talk about what benefits you have to keeping your emission system. So obviously we know that deleting a truck is illegal. Um, we know that having a warranty is a, a good reason to keep your emissions intact. Um, but another reason that I've seen uh, personally um, between from friends and from relatives as well is attention. Uh, it kind of sounds obvious, but... A lot of us like to run dark tent, some of it not being legal where we're at, but tent's a minor ticket. A lot of us like to run wide tires with no mud flaps because they look, they look silly, but that's a minor ticket. But if you have a brand new truck that from the dealership was very quiet because it had a lot of emissions equipment on it, and now you have it bellowing black smoke from the back and it's extremely loud, then you're basically making it obvious that you hacked off that DPF and you hacked off everything else and so you're asking for that $2,500 ticket if you live down here in California and you're also asking for that that cop to write all those other tickets like tent and two wide wheels and anything else you might be breaking so it's something to think about so in conclusion hopefully this topic has been clearly identified as possible and plausible I hope my supporting evidence and benefits have been enough to prove to you that not only can a diesel engine equipped vehicle make a reliable and significant power with the emissions equipment installed, but removing it or tampering with it is highly illegal and makes it extremely obvious that you may be breaking even more laws that, to be honest, is not worth the trouble. Thank you. All right, guys. So that was the persuasive speech from Bradley Crumbly on why why emissions equipment does provide a, a sustainable and reliable significant amount of power. Yeah. What What do you think, Chris? You know, it was good. Um, you know, I I had sent Bradley a bunch of information. You know, driving. You know, I have the I have a twin turbo, the 2015 Ram. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we went into a little bit more in depth with you know fuel mileage, and we went into the drivability perspectives and things like that. But I mean, he touched on a lot of things that I deal with customers on a daily basis.
Yeah. Why delete? Why do this? Why do that? What is a delete? What is the emissions? You know, how do we retain this? What am I looking at? That kind of thing. So. I did. I, I thought it was really cool that obviously in the beginning of the speech there, he started to break down why people want to delete. Let's call out what the problem is. Let's yeah. let's talk about it honestly. This is what's motivating people to look into the deletes. Yeah. Um, and then he also addressed like being in California. I did not know individuals could get a twenty five hundred dollar fine. Yeah. Uh, I know I've heard of some of that up in the Northeast, and I th- believe Nevada has adopted similar yes. policies. But we're starting to see this more and more states, more and more counties are starting to add stricter and stricter enforcement because it's a moneymaker for that municipality or for uh-huh. that government agency. Yeah. So if the state can collect those dollars, why wouldn't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Void's warranty. I get a lot of questions on this, Chris, dealing it's, with the Facebook. So guys will say, well, doesn't any tuning void warranty? I mean, I hate to say that that's the gray area, but it is such a gray area. It's it not is. even funny. Yeah. I mean, well, here's facts. I just lay it out there. You delete the truck, your warranty's done. Maybe you're that one percent of people that has a buddy who's tied into the dealer and they might be able to push stuff through however at the end of the day if you have a catastrophic failure and they need to send your ecm in you're screwed yeah okay now the flip side of that when we're talking tuning and things like what we do at calibrated power um, with all of the tuners that we send out you have the ability to return the truck back to stock now if you were to take the truck into the dealer with a stock file and the dealer were to plug in, uh, they don't see anything out of the ordinary, they generally will do whatever they have to do, right? Or they'll work with you. Um, However, if that ECM has to come out of the truck and they need to send that ECM in, you know, because there was, again, a catastrophic failure, there's a risk involved. But anytime you have less red lights <laughs> yeah. in the mix, you're, you're off to a better start. So me personally, I've worked here, uh, well, man, it's been here longer than I, I I thought, but going on five years, yep. um, and I, I can honestly say I haven't had a single customer call me directly and say, hey, I had your tuner, I returned the truck back to stock, took it to the dealer, they said, listen, you're, you're SOL. Yeah. All right? Very, very rare yep. has, has that situation, I think, come up for anybody. Um, I want to remind people, too, you may have a local dealership who doesn't care if you delete. And if yeah. you never leave that radius of being able to get your truck to them, that's You're great. golden. You're golden. But to an extent. if you go across the country, if, oh. if you travel, if your truck's going to break down when you're on a trip with your family in the middle of vacation and you have to go to a new dealership, that is where I've seen more problems yeah. come up is when somebody is on the road, they are traveling and they get into a sticky situation. If your truck's down and something catastrophic has happened, you don't always have the option to return to stock. So there is always a risk when you're tuning your vehicle. The likelihood is clearly higher to lose your your warranty if your truck has physical modifications to it, regardless of what those modifications yeah. are. Yeah. Um, I thought the other cool thing here was he started to get into the myth, and I think we both deal with this myth on a, on a very large scale. Yep. I have to delete to make power. Yeah, no. Uh, I love... First off, knowledge is power, right? When when anyone does any investigating or research on different platforms and what they can do with their vehicle uh, to make a little bit more power, you know, the the general consensus is delete, delete, delete. And then they stumble across us. Right. And they ask us questions. And uh, I love when guys like, oh, you know, I just, you know, I don't want to hurt the truck, just want a little bit more power. And, oh, well, we could do this, emissions on, you know, go through the whole spiel more or less. And they're like, no, that's impossible. And you sit there and go, well, I, I daily drive a, a, a 2015 that makes you know more power than what we're going to set you up with, <laughs> you know, 100, 150 horse more. 
well, that don't last. Well, I mean, from that information that Bradley was given till now, the truck is literally just rolled 60,000 miles. Yeah. 60,000 trouble-free miles. I've gone on six road trips this year in that truck alone. I put 20,000 miles on the truck this year. And that's just you. That That's just me. That also, the, you're not even counting in a countless number of dyno passes. You know, I had to go get a dyno graph for your truck the other day, and I saw how many passes they I had recorded. Don't remind me. <laughs> oh. Dude, I mean, I've taken that truck to the track on three separate occasions. Yep. I've sled pulled that truck myself twice, two times from uh, one of the other sales guys last year when, when Nick still owned it. Yeah. But that was our R&D truck. Like, that truck has seen, honest to God, two to 300 dyno pulls. Yeah, no lie. You know, that truck, I mean, it's a nice truck, but it, it's been used. And it's stock DPF, stock EGR, stock, all stock emissions equipment. Those parts have never been replaced. I think an NOX sensor. Uh, well, no, I did the update for the, oh, from the dealer where it. they removed one they of them. Rem- right. Um, but that is the factory emissions. In the next month or two, we were planning on – actually, we, we could talk about it. Yeah. We're planning on pulling the EGR system off. Yes. Um, and we're going to document that and say, hey, here's – you know, at that point, it'll be 65,000 miles on a 2015 Ram. Here you go in the flesh. This yeah. is what you to expect. With, so. with a, a late 20s, almost 30-year-old driving it like an asshole all the time. I mean, I – Drive it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I you I, drive aggressively. I do drive aggressively. Yes. I I bought a boat this year, so I tow the boat. I've towed my car to and from is the track. A, is it a boat or a raft? It's it's like it's a dense five thousand pound boat. Right, but yeah. does it motorize? It does it propel itself? Yeah, it does. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I had that fixed. I bought cool. it from our general cool, manager. Cool. Right. He's not the best boat mechanic. <laughs> he was like Gilligan and Skipper, man. Let me tell you. But uh, you know the truck does a lot of different things and, and I use it on a daily basis and it's never left me stranded knock on wood but uh, I mean it's been a very reliable truck and then we duplicated it once again with clean sweep that was a truck a couple years back we did over at the shop yeah and and, and there there are some definite differences between those builds um, total what I two think different is, dynamics is that 2012 Duramax I, I thought it was funny so so Bradley quick quick minor minor correction here clean sweep was actually the name we gave to that truck. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has kind of turned into a description of emissions-equipped yeah. power trucks, right? Like, so if you're going to go high horsepower with your truck and leave the emissions on, we would call it a clean sweep style truck. Um, but, but that title, that that name, we actually originally named that truck because it was the first time that we knew of that somebody had gone past 600 horsepower with factory emissions equipment and then actually used it. Well. Like not just a dyno run, but actually got out in the dirt with it. Let's talk about that progression. So 2014, I started working here, and Nick, our boss, Nick Pregnant, had a 2011 Denali with uh, a set of compounded turbochargers and a CP3 over the CP4. And the truck made around 640 wheel horsepower, if I remember correctly. Yep. The truck was never used anything more than going to the track. I think I clicked off like 13 O's at, you know, 100 and change. I mean, it was a good running truck. Sure. But it was never sled pulled. It was never operated more so than going to the track on two, maybe three occasions. It was mostly just his daily and driver. Exactly. So then we had this idea to, hey, we're in the hub of sled pulling. Let's build a work stock truck, but let's not delete it. Let's keep all the emissions on and let's see what we can do. And that's where Clean Sweep was born. So that thing had a host of different stealth turbochargers on it. We tried a bunch of different configurations on that. It had the CP3 over the CP4, had a couple minor bolt-ons. It had a transmission upgrade, a lift pump, tuning, of course, and it killed it. Yeah. I mean, it did really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My old co-host, Danny Voss, you guys may remember, uh, he drove that truck. Took home, 
oh, half a dozen first place finishes. I want to say over 12 uh, top three finishes for a single season. I think he was only in the, the middle of the pack two times the whole season. We put it through the abuse. He sled pulled it four times in one day yep. over at McHenry County yep. Fair. Uh, so when you get four hooks in a day and and you're still able to drive the truck home every night. That truck was driven um, on, and the truck during the week, we yeah. took customers on test drives. We drove the truck. Absolutely. You know? So so it, it, it was a real world, really abused truck, and it lasted great. We got a, a wonderful Facebook Live video uh, of the winter after that season where the EGR was pulled off. We got to see yep. inside the EGR. It was clean as a whistle, something that nobody believed. Everybody thought if you work a truck that hard, you go through regen that many oh, times. Hold on. People. You're going to smoke the EGR. You're going to smoke the DPF. Urea is going to be pouring all over the inside of the cab. The whole thing's going to light on fire. We hear all sorts of nonsense. And the reality and it is, never happened. You have to understand the dynamic of the truck, right? When you go on Google and you type in failed EGR, you get on one of these pages and you see these failed EGR systems. It's generally stemmed from a failed component. That's why they look so bad. All that carbon, right. oil, gunky buildup. You know, these are the guys that a couple hundred miles or a couple thousand miles or 10,000 miles later, their turbo finally let go. I'm sorry to tell you, man, but your turbo just didn't automatically fail. Your turbocharger has been using and spitting oil for some time. That oil was recirculating back into the system, mixing with the exhaust gases, causing that gunk to build up and build up and build up and build up. My favorite is when I used to get guys who were like, yeah, my EGR failed, so I had to replace it. So I threw on blocker plates, but now I got a boost leak in my intercooler. Yeah. Okay, well. No, it's not. Now you have it. You had you it. had the boost leak in your intercooler that caused your EGR to fail. Now that you finally diagnosed it, now you're fixing the problem. Yeah. And your EGR failed because of the boost leak, and then the truck was running dirty, making right. the EGR work more aggressively, flowing more exhaust gases through in a dirtier fashion. And and people always sit there like, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know what? That's fine. I'm not going to argue. But again, data yep. and facts don't lie. And we have, I mean, granted, these are a couple trucks. We've had our hands in a couple other projects. Um, Matt Rosenberg's twin turbo LML, um, Jason Worley's twin turbo LML. Uh, we have a handful of other trucks. We have a couple Fords at our shop. We have a couple other Rams at the shop, and we have we have a good amount of test trucks yeah. that we put miles on. And that's that's not even counting all the customers and endless no. numbers of customers. We this is just the real world that it's this our is experience. Just our R and D here. Yep. Uh, so it's it's been really really interesting, and I think that that really hit home with me when he he kind of talked about the reliability. Like, what does this look like? You know, how how do you make these things last? Um, it's the same with anything else, man. There there is a difference of knowing your truck. How long did you let it sit and idle? Yeah. Uh, if you let your truck idle for thirty minutes every morning and you have emissions equipment, that's a bad idea all the way around. Yep. Uh, we just actually there's a cold weather diesel insights video yep. to plug diesel insights real quick. It's about to go live. Really letting your truck warm up for about one minute and then an easy throttle until your exhaust gas temperatures come up will net you better everything. Net you better miles per gallon, net you a longer lifespan out of your truck. It'll net you a lot of things. Uh, but you, you have to understand the equipment. You have to know what you have and know how to use it. If you only drive in town and short trip the truck, hey, man, you got to get out on the highway once in a while. Yep. That's just what it is. Um, and another thing that I want to point on here is, a lot of the guys with the newer trucks, yes, there's more moving parts. Okay, and this isn't an admissions debate or anything like that, but you start to run into these scenarios in a little bit different perspective. But let's take a guy with an, a low mileage LOI or LBZ Duramax. Mm -hmm. The few that are left, right? Nine out of ten times when I find that guy with a seventy to eighty thousand mile truck, they mysteriously had to replace their uh, VGT solenoid, right? 
Well, the truck's throwing, you know, vane position codes, right? Right. So it had to be the sensor. Well, come to find out, the truck sat for so long or it took so many short trips that the vanes on the exhaust are gunked up or right. they're starting to get stuck, right? So this driving the truck on the open road, this driving the truck, letting heat build up into the system isn't something that's just new because of the DPF, EGR, and SCR system. This is something that with the variable vane technology ever since 04, 05, we had to start implementing into the drivability and the structure of how the truck's operated on a day-to-day. Would you lather, rather lend your truck to a 16-year-old or let your truck sit for 16 weeks? I... I mean, when I was 16, my dad would give me his truck, so I'm going to have to practice that. You would lend it to the 16-year-old. because yeah, he's going to beat the shit out of it, and he's going to clean it out. Here's, well, here's the thing is is I would rather have the 16-year-old go out there and beat the shit out of the truck than the truck sit for for that many yeah. weeks on end not doing anything. Right. And, and that, that inactivity will kill your vehicle. Um, that, that's just the truth of it. Uh, okay, Bradley also took, took upon uh, the... The topic of tractors, off-road equipment, cats. We deal with this stuff pretty heavily in the spring and the fall. Hey, maybe um, maybe Bradley just wants to relocate and come work for us. I don't know. But <laughs> offer he did, open. He did a really good job explaining some of the tractor support. Um, there's more to reference there than in the truck world because when a truck comes to market, it's one horsepower. Right. right? It's one horsepower torque output, and that's that. In the tractor world, there's a lot of tractors within a series. And that series of tractors generally hosts the same engine, uh, depending on the series, fuel system, air system, that kind of thing. There's there's groups. There so we, we've yet to come across a tractor where the drivetrain, powertrain setup, uh, including axles, safety equipment, yes. all of that, where it only fits one exact right. model. Uh, and you might find they where- They stretch it out across a few models right. at the least. Some of them, like nine liters, they'll stretch out nine liters across like 30 right. different models. Oh, and I mean, there's, there's some where maybe halfway through the series, they change up some of the drive line or maybe halfway through the series they might change the fuel system in the air setup well that's our job to, to know that and, and document right. that which i think we've done a pretty good job of that thus far but uh you know you're able to take a tractor you know like bradley was referring to or you know some semi whatever the case may be and be able to do a successful upgrade within torque limitations of what the factory would have offered with a tractor or a truck that's a little higher in, in that series itself. Yep. So for any of you tractor guys following along, just to put this in, in a really simple sentence, if you had a low model series, uh, an 8230, mm-hmm. and it was running a 9 liter, and we looked it up and we said, hey, man, they're running that exact same exact same tractor with a different number on it that's much higher uh, with more horsepower, what's the difference between them? And if the only thing that's different between them is the tuning calibration on the ECU, we can change yeah. that. That change we call an upright, and that uh, upright is significantly cheaper <laughs> and much better of an investment than getting rid of that tractor and buying another tractor that might have been higher in the series. Yeah, and that's where I start. You know, I have don't trade in, tune up. I have two types of book of business when it comes to this stuff. I have the re the 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 comebacks right the guys that we did a tractor a year or two ago or a combine and you know they want to either do another piece on on the farm. Or uh, the guy that either it's a referral or they saw a video and they're in the market for a tractor, right? right? And they're looking at you know that that eighty three forty five R and and uh, you know like hey you can get into you know uh, you know whatever the case may be an, an eighty an eighty three thirty R whatever the case may be right? Yeah. Um, don't claim or quote me on that, but um, you know depending on where that tractor lies, they they could save thirty forty fifty sixty thousand dollars. Yeah. And for a couple grand, we could just upgrade it 
and then give them options of upgrades. So maybe they don't need 50 horse. Maybe they need 25 or 30. Maybe they just need that little bit more torque in the mid-range. Who knows? Right. So, you know, it's really cool. And again, the way Bradley explained that, uh, it was it was simplistic to the point, but just in depth enough to where, like, someone like myself, I could comprehend everything he was saying. So, <laughs> I dig it. Um, so, yeah, so so I thought he did a really good job for hopefully persuading somebody yeah. uh, to keep the DPF. Uh, guys, I'd love to get some more feedback on this show. Uh, this is the first time we've had a listener record an entire segment by themselves. Yeah. If you're a listener and you're like, hey, man, I got a response to that, or if you have something else and you would like to be featured on our show, we're going to open up uh, that invitation to you. Please uh, get a really good audio recording. Email it over to me. That's paul at duramaxtuner.com. The more popular one. Share it. Yeah, the, the, the more famous one. Right, Let's right, use the right, right words. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's why you're second. Man. Well, my, <laughs> my, my email's jacked up, man. That, that's all it is. So, so that's paul at duramaxtuner.com. Send me a sound bite. Uh, you can share a Dropbox link, an iCloud link, a Google Drive link. I'll, I'll click on all that. I'm not worried about viruses. <laughs> <laughs> Just my kidding. I, I open them all on Chris's computer. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, if you have uh, product-related questions about anything from Duramax Tuner or Calibrated Power or just general questions about your truck and diesel performance, uh, you probably want to shoot those over to Chris. Yeah, that is yeah. C as in Charlie and then Emke, yep. which is kind of a funny name. It's C-E-H-M-K-E yep. at DuramaxTuner.com. And the one thing I want to point out, guys, uh, with, with all due respect, if you are going to email me, uh, I consider it like a blind email, just let me know you listen to the podcast ahead of time. Because then I get frustrated because I'm trying to figure out where I talked to you prior, <laughs> and then I don't know what the hell's going on. Did I meet this guy at the thoroughbred yeah, show? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. So just say, hey, listen to the podcast, had a question. If you can start it off that way, I'm going to have a lot better perspective on how to handle that email or to handle a follow-up in any way. I'm God, glad. you're so needy. I'm just saying, it's just, man, <laughs> I'm lucky my head's attached to me, man. Let me tell you. There's not enough hours in the day sometimes. Awesome. Well, listeners, uh, that's been it for today. Next week, we will be back at you with another episode uh, broken into our standard kind of five segments. Yeah. We'll have a new um, not true, true story uh, for you to listen to as well, and we'll talk more about it then. Thanks for listening. This has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Have a great night. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Powerstroke, John Deere, Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and great customer service, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. He accurately described me as right. more famous. Anyways, yes. anyways.